This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. Welcome to another episode of Press One for Nick. Your host, Nick Limsdahl, is the Director of Contact Center Solutions at VDS. Through conversations with customer service and customer experience leaders, Nick and his guests exchange insightful stories, best practices, and invaluable lessons they have learned along the way. I'm excited to be joined by Lisa Deal. Lisa is the Manager, Consumer Advocacy, Global Retail Division at Blue Diamond Growers and a Board Chair of the National Board of Directors at SOCAP. Welcome to the podcast, Lisa. Thanks, Nick. Thank you for having me. I'm really, really excited to be here today. Yeah. Uh, so one of the things that I noticed on LinkedIn was you actually had a, an associate's degree in travel and hospitality. Uh, so what has been your favorite place uh, to, to travel? Oh my gosh, I've been uh, blessed to be able to travel the world um, through my years in the, in the travel industry. And, um, you know, I started many, many moons ago. Um, and that's really where, you know, I got my entrance into customer service was, you know, I, my passion was definitely around travel. And so about five years ago, my daughter and I had a chance to go two weeks to the Mediterranean and um, just being able to, you know, see so many great things. One of the things that was on my bucket list was to see the Acropolis in Athens, uh, the Bridge of Sighs in Venice. And of course, we got to go to Pompeii, which was mm-hmm. um, just an amazing place to visit. And so, um, just really, really blessed to uh, to be able to have those opportunities and uh, really enjoyed it. So yeah, travel's yeah. always been my passion. That's that's so awesome. I, I always like to ask people where their favorite place is. To, I might have to add, add that to everybody's podcast, but uh, <laughs> I got to uh, travel the Mediterranean, spend a little bit of time in Barcelona and, and did the Pompeii and mm-hmm. um, Capri, Sorrento, all that. So, <laughs> so um, gorgeous. <laughs> It's amazing. Yeah, I, I look forward to going back. But yeah, one of um, my one of my always favorite sayings was, you know, I want to see as many places in this world before I leave it. Yeah, and <laughs> so awesome. Uh, so going back to when you first started, how, how did how did you get started in customer service? You know, I actually started um, back right out of high school, you know, after I've gotten my, my degree in, in, in travel, um, what it was back at that time. And um, so I started a mom and pop agency, you know, just selling travel. And so that was my introduction to, you know, really customer service. And um, after a few years, I uh, decided to make the jump into the corporate travel world um, in downtown Chicago uh, and and so it was you know it was it, it was good um, you know and so it was in a contact center and yep. so I was on the phone for um, you know several years and eventually uh, worked my way up to a senior operations manager so got a lot of experience you know in the contact center starting on the phones and then working my way around the company and so I was with that company for about 15 years mm. And you were a corporate counselor yes. at, within that call center? What, yes. what does a corporate counselor do? So a corporate counselor is so when, and, and it's not so much true today, but you have to mm-hmm. think back before the internet and all of that. So there would be companies that would have travel departments. Um, and so when any of, you know, let, 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 let's say, you know, for Blue Diamond's sake, let's say that they had to travel to wherever the case may be, they had travel people that would book all of their travel. And so we were, in a sense, in today's world, we were kind of an outsource um, BPO. Mm-hmm 
and um, so we we handled the travel for certain companies, and I worked on different accounts. Um, and at that time, I actually worked on the Golden Grain account. Um, and so Riceroni was the big mm. one, and it was long before it was um, taken over by you know some other company. And um, so yeah, but it was it was a lot of fun just being able to do all of their travel. Wow. Yeah, it's, it sounds like a, a pretty neat career. So, um, you know, one of the things that I'd mentioned uh, at the intro was uh, you belong or on the, um, you're the board chair at uh, SOCAP, which is Society of Consumer Affair Professionals. Um, we had Chris Dreary, uh, who was also on the board, uh, join us on a previous podcast. Uh, but what does the, the board chair, what's that role consist of? Um, so the role really consists of your, you know, as the board chair, you're the leader of the board of directors. And so you're helping the organization to um, set policy, look at things strategically and what the next move is. Um, I'm also the leader of the executive committee, which are all the officers that are on the board. And also the CEO of SOCAP reports into the board chair. So you're basically leading the organization from the board from the member perspective mm. and then um, this year obviously a lot has changed uh, with this uh, craziness that's going on which means that we can't really meet in person um, how did you guys kind of transition you guys just recently had a, a virtual um, meetup or a virtual program. Can you tell us more about that? Sure, we did. Um, and uh, so this was, you know, really hard uh, decision to make because SOCAP in its many years of being in existence has never had any type of virtual event. And so we pivoted quickly. We were originally supposed to have a, an event in Indianapolis uh, back in April. And with COVID-19 and all of the things surrounding it, we decided to move to a virtual event and we called it CCS Live, Customer Care Summit Live. Um, it was a three-day event and, um, you know, we shortened the hours to make it reasonable and easy for uh, members to attend, um, you know, making it only three or four hours each day instead of it being a full day um, mm. event. And it was very successful. We got some great feedback. Um, we learned a few things, you know, on what we can yeah. do moving forward um, as it was our first event, but um, did very, very well and um, always appreciate the support of the uh, SOCAP members in, in helping to keep the organization going. Yeah, no, it, it sounds good. I, I spoke to, to Marjorie, the, the CEO of, of the organization, and it sounds like it was a success. So congrats on uh, for you, you guys and look forward to hearing more about those virtual events. Um, to circle back uh, of when you first got started, you've obviously started, uh, you said a, a long, long time ago, right? Like, um, what, what do you wish you knew? What do you know now that you wish you knew when you first got started? You know, back when I first started, um, automation wasn't where it is today. Um, and I think along the way, there was a lot of, um, you know, resistance to change. And in the world today, in customer care, you have to really adapt and pivot very quickly, as we did with SOCAP, um, as we do continually today. Um, at that point, we had thought that, oh, well, you bring in automation, it's going to replace all of the agents and um, all of that. And, and really what, what we find is automation really can help a lot of the mundane type of tasks. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when it comes to a contact center or it comes to, you know, a customer advocacy um, area. And, um, you know, so 
being able to adapt quickly is something that I learned along the way and really try and promote that. So if I would have known that back then that don't be resistant, you know, make sure you're adapting and, you know, technology can be your friend yeah. <laughs> and don't fear it. Um, you know, it's something that, you know, if, if I could go back and do it again, you know, looking at things a little bit differently. Yeah, no, that's, that's great advice. Um, you know, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that. Uh, but for the listeners that don't really know what um, a Blue Diamond Growers is or might know, but maybe isn't aware that it's on the, on the bag that they're eating or, or drinking, uh, tell us more about uh, what you guys do. Um, so Blue Di Diamond Growers is a California agricultural cooperative and marketing organization that specializes in almonds. Um, our company is, uh, was founded back in 1910 as the California Almond Growers Exchange. And they, a, a lot of the almond growers really came together, created this exchange. And I think it was actually back in the 50s or the 60s because they wanted to be known as the best. And Blue Diamond is of course the rarest of diamonds, you know, changed the name from the California Almond Growers Exchange to Blue Diamond Growers. Um, and we manufacture Blue Diamond almonds, Blue Diamond Almond Breeze almond milk, and Blue Diamond Nut Thinned almond crackers. So basically, we deliver the benefits of almonds to the world. That is so awesome. I didn't know that the blue diamond was the rarest diamond, mm -hmm. um, uh, probably because I couldn't afford it. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, what you've obviously spent a, a little bit of time there. What is your favorite flavor of almond? Oh, actually, my favorite is the sweet Thai chili. Um, it's, uh, it's got such a nice uh, flavor, a little bit of a, a twang to it. And um, I, I could sit down and open a can and actually just forget that I just, you know, you're eating, you're working, and next thing I know, the can is entirely empty. And so then you know you've got a really good product when I'm like, whoa, did I just eat that whole can of almonds? <laughs> yeah, I... I... I think I was telling you prior to recording is um, uh, me and a, a buddy were, were sitting on uh, hanging out and uh, we were uh, destroying a, a bag of smokehouse uh, almonds. And then I um, uh, didn't didn't even notice, but I have a, a really good uh, dark chocolate. Uh, it's almost like a dusting one, uh, your guys's flavor. And it's it's way better than than the ones that are actually dipped in. And they're better for you too, but it kind of lasts and it has that flavor for you. So highly recommend those two for, for those who are getting started, but I'm definitely checking out the sweet Thai chili. Oh, good. <laughs> You'll like them. They're, they're really good. They're addicting. Yeah. It sounds, sounds like it. But so the main topic I want to talk about is um, how blending technology and, and human touch creates that ultimate experience and for, for both the customer and the employee. Um, you know, when it comes with any new technology, people tend to be cautious around the technology until they realize that it might actually be a benefit to them instead of a threat um, and, and potentially replace them. And I believe the same is true in customer service. Yeah, absolutely, Nick. Um, you know, what, what I've found through the years and, you know, the things that, that I've done um, in, in my current role is, you know, we've added quite a bit of technology. And so, you know, coming to a company that is, you know, been around since 1910 and really seen um, the changes. And um, so there was, it, it was adding a lot, you know, to the organization and to how we connect with our consumers. And um, so, you know, adding a, a 
a chat bot or that, mm-hmm. that goes into a live chat. Um, you know, and so right there is the best way of looking at technology and the human touch um, because the chat bot is there for, you know, self-service and, you know, the consumer can come in, get what they want. You know, they're on our website. I'm looking for a recipe. I'm looking for, um, you know, ingredient information, allergen information. But if I get to the point where I'm just like, I'm not getting what I want, we have an easy connect over to a live chat with a human being and that's part of my team. And so that's where the blending comes in and and probably the best example of where you can get the best of both. And we also know that there can be um, certain situations, especially working for a food company where there could be, you know, somebody could ingest something that didn't agree with them or just wasn't, um, you know, there was foreign material, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. And so our bot is trained for certain keywords to be able to say, okay, I'm going to stop here and I'm going to send you over to a live agent. And, um, you know, so having that technology, again, it, it the, the bot can handle those types of mundane requests. Hey, can you send me a coupon? Or, hey, can I find this information? Versus I really need to talk to a human because it's a little bit more complicated issue. Yeah, yeah. When it comes to the the chatbot too, um, the the call center agent or the customer service representative um, doesn't enjoy answering the mundane tasks anyways. They'd rather be focused on the skilled tasks um, that that are semi unique or maybe need a little bit more attention. And you know, the things that as a consumer, I always try to think of it from the opposite side too. Is um, as a consumer, when I'm going into a chat. Um, unfortunately, sometimes uh, I call them dumb, dumb bots, right? The dumb chats where you actually are yelling uh, into the phone or you're, you're chatting and saying, are you a real human? Um, and if not, then find a way to answer my question. If you can't answer my question, then provide that ability to go to that next representative. Correct. And, and um, unfortunately, some people are just saying, hey, we need a chat bot because that's what the people are asking for. And they kind of just do the checkbox instead of actually listening to them saying, what are you doing? And maybe doing a, a data dip into a knowledge base um, so you can go through those FAQs. But, um, you know, why, why are some organizations um, kind of just doing the, the best effort um, and, and not actually doing a, a training? Because a chat, a, chat, a chat bot actually learns and it improves because you can say, was that helpful, yes or no? Yeah, absolutely. And so one of the the responsibilities that I have is I'm the administrator for our chatbot. And so, you know, looking at the questions that we don't match and, you know, what is it the consumer is asking for and how could I have put that in there differently? So really you're training the chatbot. So it's like training a puppy is the way I always look at it. You know, there, it needs attention and you need to understand, you know, how it's learning. And so how can it be better the next time? And um, so those those are things that, that I work on quite a bit, and uh, you, you're absolutely correct. You know, the agents would rather not have that those those mundane tasks, and so making sure that your chatbot is interactive um, is is really important. And and going back to what you said, you know, are you real or are you not real? You know, we make sure that we say that we are a virtual assistant. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're not real, but we also give the consumer the option and we also know that you know the consumer will know that hey we're, we're passing you over to a human at this particular point and um and in any time that through our at least through our process the you know the consumer can say agent and it will automatically 
stop the key, one of those keywords and say, okay, I'm going to pass you over to an agent. Because there's many times that I'm screaming into the phone to agent, agent, agent. I just want to talk to an agent. <laughs> yeah. And the best part too about um, the, these chatbots, right, is um, in theory, if done correctly, you actually have the context behind that conversation. Um, instead of saying, hey, this is Lisa, how can I help you? And you're like, wait, I just had a five minute conversation yeah. with this chat bot that I didn't get my answer for. So I didn't fix it in the channel of my choice. And now you want to start it back over. So um, very important to do that. You know, one thing that um, I, I had a question on, but I, I had a, there was a story of a Crayola that um, um, decided and was thinking, hey, I wonder if we should create a, um, uh, a text option in our, um, in our 1-800 number. So they didn't tell anybody else about it, but they put it um, on their website and they started putting, um, and, and they opened it up and they didn't tell anybody about it and they started receiving texts. And they're like, how long were my consumers texting my 1-800 number and I didn't know that? Yeah. So um, very, very crazy. But um, you know, when it comes to putting in these, the, the, the automation and the AI and the chatbots, for you, what channels did, did it increase um, and give you additional bandwidth inside these other channels or what was that experience for you? You know, it, it's actually really interesting that you asked that, Nick, because, you know, when I first started out on this journey in, in, in looking at a, a chatbot, the problem that I was trying to resolve was to reduce our call volume. Mm -hmm. um, and But what I found was I ended up reaching a different subset of people within my chatbot. You know, my chat grew. Um, the you know the the people that uh, were able to track how many people come to our website and how many people actually interact with our bot. Um, and then of course we have our thumbs up, thumbs down. We know how many you know how many of those were actually went over to a chat. You know, we also push the transcripts over to the agent so that they don't have to start all over again. Um, and, but what I found was my call volume didn't reduce at all, but my chat volume increased. And so again, what that told me was, is I'm reaching a different subset of, of, of consumers that wouldn't otherwise call us, but now we've opened a channel for them to communicate with us. And so we thought that was really, really important. And as we look to grow and, and, and possibly adding a text to our 800 number as well, you know, how many people are right now are, are texting us that we don't know and it's not going yeah. anywhere. Um, and what was really interesting about what we found with our bot is we really, you know, similar to Crayola, we really didn't advertise that we were there other than at the bottom of the website, it just says, how may we assist you? Um, so we're not blinking lights, we're not, you know, popping up and saying, hey, we're here. Right. Um, we've got quite a bit of following and, and we get, um, you know, several hundred chats a month um, that we didn't expect or, you know, to really even take off. And um, so it's, and, and again, my other channels have not slowed down at all. So. Yeah. Well, that's, it's actually interesting. You know, my, my thought is, is um, as a consumer is how many times has, somebody went to your guys's website or now that you guys have it somebody goes to your competitors or somebody else's website and they didn't have chat to answer that question um how many of them are are going to just leave to that next organization um Correct. and so it's uh i call it kind of the the silent killer because you know it's the customer that should have been um if you would have just been available um 
Yeah, to totally, totally agree. And um, that's certainly something that we learned um, with all of this is, you know, reaching, you know, more and more consumers, you know, trying to meet them in the channel that they prefer to use. And, and we know that, you know, you could say the millennials and Gen Z and all of that, that they, they would rather do, you know, self-service. And, um, you know, I think to some extent that's going to be the case moving forward. But we're in an era right now where we still have the boomers in, in who call us you know on a regular basis again because we're a very old company mm -hmm. um i don't know if old is the best word to say but we've been around for a while and um so we've got you know certain demographics there of people that are used to picking up the phone and calling us and asking us hey can you send me some coupons versus you know the younger generations like i'm not calling them i would rather just let me go to their 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 website oh look there's a way that i could do this online and continue on with my day and yeah. so you know, we're, we're kind of lucky where we're, we're, we're dealing with so many different generations and, you know, where is that going to go and how can we prepare for um, that next generation of Gen Z and beyond? Yeah, yeah, I would 100% agree. It's, it's not just the, the, the Gen Zs or, or millennials. Um, it's if I'm on, on driving, I'm probably not texting uh, my my company that I'm trying to get a hold of, I'm probably on the phone. If I'm in the middle of a Starbucks, I'm probably not on the phone. I'm probably, you know, trying to do something else. So, so important to try to find the right option for you. But, um, you know, when it came to, when it comes to, um, you know, automating these uh, mundane tasks, what was the ultimate goal? Um, was it to reduce effort on both the customer and the employee or what was that? What did that look like? Yeah, I think that, um, you know, yeah, definitely we're trying to reduce effort, you know, specifically for the employee, but, you know, making that ease for the consumer. And mm -hmm. so automating, a you know, a, a coupon request process, um, you know, was, was certainly, you know, what we did. So we, we added that as part of our contact us page, you know, it's part of our bot that, you know, somebody can actually just come in and, and request coupons. Um, and so it, it helped on, uh, not so much on the fulfillment side, because we're still getting those requests and we still need to push that out but as far as my call center agents my contact center um that's you know that's where we're seeing that it's a little bit less of those and the people that are actually calling us are you know more inquiries and complaints and you know hey i need some help and i need mm -hmm. somebody to, to to be able to talk to about it right when does it make sense not to use technology um <laughs> Well, you could always say the phone is technology, but I won't go. I won't. <laughs> um, it, yeah. it, it, it is, but I think the phone still, you know, when, when somebody has a life-threatening situation that has come up, when somebody has found something that's not supposed to be in their product, or they're just not sure, you know, hey, um, you know, my daughter is severely allergic to, um, to peanuts. Are there peanuts in your product? You know, are, are there other tree nuts? Things like that. Mm -hmm. Those, I think, are the times when you really need to have a human interaction. And I think from the consumer's perspective, that's what they're looking for. They're looking for somebody that's going to give me the correct answer. They're going to have empathy around, you know, hey, I just had a terrible experience around your product. Product. And I don't want the bot to say, oh, sorry, you know, yeah. you're going to want that to hear that empathy, you're going to, want to hear what we can do to make it right. Um, and what we can do to fix it. And, and, and a lot of times people will come to us for guidance, you know, hey, I just ingested this and we're saying, 
go talk to your doctor right. and then call us, you know, right. we're, so, you know, we're directing them because it's, it's really interesting how many consumers will call the manufacturer before they will call their physician. Mm. And, um, you know, we're, you know, we're, we're not in a, the place to be able to give medical advice. And so we're pushing that back and, you know, Hey, can I give, can I give my nine month old, you know, almond milk? I don't know. Call your pediatrician yeah. um, type of thing. And so, you know, those, those are where you, technology really doesn't work in those situations. And it, you know, it makes the consumer feel better. It's like, Oh, you're right. Yeah. Let me call my pediatrician before I do this. And right. um, you know, that, that just to have that human connection, I think is really, really important. Yeah. Yeah. One of my partners and I, I steal it all the time, but he says human is the heart and machine is the mastery. And, and I love that because if somebody needs that empathy, somebody needs to be heard by an additional human and say, here's what I'm going to do. This is what I've heard you say. Um, or just listen, right? Don't have, yeah. don't be recorded by your average channel time, but actually pay attention to what they're saying saying, I'm sorry to hear that, or maybe not even apologize and just say, hey, here's what I'm going to do for you instead. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, 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 you know, that's something that, that we do here. I, I don't put as much emphasis on average handle time that a lot of companies do because from what I'm trying to, um, the message I'm trying to put out to consumers is we are more of a center of excellence and, and we want to hear, we want to talk to you and we want to understand. And if it takes a 10 minutes to have that conversation versus, you know, three minutes and get off the phone type of thing. I would rather my agents really, you know, really concentrate on what the consumer is saying. How can we resolve it? And if it takes 10 minutes to do so, then so be it. Yeah. It's good. Good to hear. So what, what innovative technology are you most excited about in the coming year to, to help improve efficiencies uh, inside the contact center? Um, you know, there's a lot of things that, that we're looking at. Um, you know, we're, we're, my, my team handles the social media um, as well. So looking at, um, you know, different partners out there who could really help us with, you know, gaining some ground in social media, um, you know, looking at some, some text an analytics, um, you know, some advanced reporting, um, you know, being able to, you know, being the voice of the consumer um, and really being able to bring that back inside the organization to say, hey, this is what our consumer is saying. You know, mm -hmm. so being able to have some advanced um, reporting around that that's going to help our consumer insights team. It's going to help our marketing team um, to really understand, you know, which products are having the, the most issues, you know, which products are we getting, you know, a whole lot of praises on. Um, you know, it, it, it's really interesting because, you know, one of one of our products, you know, is, is right now during COVID um, is kind of been put put on the back burner and the social mm. media uh, outcries are like, where is it? We can't find it. How come you're yeah. not making it? You know, <laughs> and we're all like, wow, <laughs> I guess consumers really like that product. Right. And um, so there's there's things that you see that are more voice of the consumer that you're going to get from your consumer advocacy teams and your consumer affairs teams that you may not see um, in other areas. So very valuable there. And so excited to be able to be looking at more advanced um, analytics, advanced reporting tools. Yeah. Sounds interesting. So I wrap up every podcast with two questions. Okay. The first question is uh, what book or person has influenced you the most in the past year? And then the second question is, if you could leave a note to all the customer service or all the customer experience professionals, what would it say? 
You know, it's really interesting. Um, you know, so going to your to your first question on, you know, who has influenced me the most? You know, I, I'm a very people person, and um, you know, which is some of the beauty of of, of SoCap and um, really doing a lot of networking, really reaching out to some of the experts in the field. And um, you know, Marie Schumann has been such a mentor to me. And Marie Schumann, formerly director at E and J Gallo, um, she's now retired, living happily in Arizona, and. Uh, I miss her dearly, and she has always been one that I could, whatever question, she's also a former board chair of SOCAP, and so if I ever had a question, whether it was SOCAP related, whether it was CPG related, whether it was anything, I could, I could reach out to Marie in a thousand different ways, and she would be there to, to answer those questions, and so um, really have evolved, you know, over the last few years, just knowing somebody like Marie Schumann and um, has really helped me to reach, you know, some of my goals in, in that and being board chair and, and, and how to get there. And, you know, she had, a, a you know, some to do with, um, you know, when I, when I came out to California and, and joining Blue Diamond and um, she was very strategic in, in helping me to make that decision to come out here when um, I worked at uh, Orbits.com for 15 years. And mm. um, when, when that, uh, you know, my position eventually got eliminated as that, that company was bought out. And so when I was looking, you know, to make a move out of Chicago to come all the way to California, you know, Marie was very instrumental in, in helping me make that decision. So, mm. um, very, very important person for me. Um, and so if I could leave a note uh, for other customer care professionals, you know, embrace change. <laughs> it is the one constant <laughs> in customer care is change. And uh, if, if, if you embrace it and look at things like at more of opportunities instead of, oh my God, what is this going to do now? And oh my God, I can't believe I can't do this again. It's going to make your life so much easier and so much better. And there always is something better down the road that will create an opportunity for you and your teams to continue to provide um, essentials for not only your consumers, but for inside your organization and, and really understanding, you know, what consumer advocate advocacy teams can bring both externally and internally is is really big yeah no that's great advice where can my listeners connect with you and and uh follow you or what's the best way to get a hold of you um so yeah absolutely so I, i'm out on twitter uh, my twitter handle at lisa marie 11165 and um you know my email address ldeal d-i-e-h-l at bdgrowers.com and of course everyone can find me on facebook a lot of people follow me there um and, and it's and they like it because i've got four names it's lisa levin gerbig deal out on <laughs> facebook and um, usually when i'm posting a lot of my travels it's there so if anyone ever wants to find where in the world i am it's usually on facebook <laughs> it, it's not where in the world is carmen san diego it's where in the world is lisa deal <laughs> exactly and and uh jim maloney had had said it best um he said if you ever want to find out where lisa is just check her facebook account <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome lisa i really appreciate you joining me today and uh, uh best of luck uh, moving forward here at blue diamond great thanks nick i really appreciate it Thank you for listening to this episode of Press 1 for Nick. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and share. Until next time, focus on your customers. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. 
Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit cxofm.org for more resources.